Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Welcome in. Welcome in. What's going on? Brand new Snaps Live. What up, Aaron? Can you say something? I feel like I can't hear anything. Hey, can you hear me, okay, too? Okay, yeah, we're good. Hey. We're good. We're good. Okay, I knew we were good before. It's Monday for everyone. It is a Monday for all. It's a, it is the tail end of the Mardi Gras season, and uh, thank God for it, because my gastrointestinal tract is just a beleaguered mess at this point. It's been abused. My liver's mm-hmm. fucking dying. My brain's hurting. Um, I'm having a lot of fun, but uh, I'll be damned, Aaron, if I'm not ready for a little Ash Wednesday. To uh, say, when is my when is Mardi Gras? Uh, so actual Fat Tuesday is tomorrow. Okay. Um, today is Lundy Gras. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, I think Marty's Tuesday. But um, shit, it's my brain's not working. This has been happening all morning long. T T had his late night, yeah, whiskey and wine last night during the Super Bowl, and as soon as it hit overtime, is when T went to the next level. So, Uh, I mean, it was like it was Mm. like we're doing a companion Mm. stream, which I want to do here, remember? But we ended up not being able to do it. Um, We did a companion stream, and no, I know Wednesday's Ash Wednesday, Jab. I'm saying I gotta, I gotta, like, I need to get there so I can chill out. Even though I'm going to my brother's bachelor party this weekend as well, so. It's not really going to be chill. No rest of the weary. But hey, if you want to who with the owls at night, what do you got to do, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Wake you your ass up, bitch. Okay, close. Um, yeah. If you want to who with the owls Sword at night, the eagles in the morning. Sword. There yeah. we and go. I yes, I know. I know. We I fucking know. hooting and soaring by. Yeah. Um, Kenny, I searched everywhere on YouTube for whiskey and wine last night. Huh? I wonder why it wasn't. Uh, I wonder why it wasn't there. Who knows? 
Um, Z-Biotics, Lockhessy says. They really work. I'll try did you, out. Did you lie that you were doing the show just to get drunk and watch Super Bowls here? <laughs> you have to watch the kids. It'd be a, it'd be a bold there, lie. Is there, is there, there a show out there? I was going to say, it'd be a bold lie given that you can literally go watch. Uh, yeah, but would your wife journey. actually go check the YouTube? To no, see if you're no, no, okay, no, no, exactly. Yeah. Could I lie and do something like that? Yes. But when you've been in a relationship as long as I have, you learn that at a certain point, mm. lies just aren't worth it, dude. Mm-mm. Do you just walk around with a pit in your stomach? Like, uh, like, am I going to get like, I uh, it's just, no, it's just not worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just keep everything honest above board and you're going to live a much happier, much simpler, uh, life. Jeff Rollins feel though you should do a viewer game stream. Yeah. I mean, we, we'll do some stuff. Um, hopefully in that regard, it was a weird kind of YouTube strategy thing that led us to us not being able to do it. Uh, oh, yeah, and I guess that's why you may be able to, uh, or why maybe it was a bit tough to find is because we're on our station channel, not a whiskey and wine show. Anyway, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl today. I want to hear about the waste management, Aaron. Okay. Um, I want to talk Super Bowl. Chip Kelly is gone to Ohio State. Deshaun Foster in at UCLA. Ryan Grubb and uh, Scott Huff gone out of Tuscaloosa, heading back to Washington State. Well, the state of Washington, mm-hmm. the Seattle uh, Seahawks O-line and OC. Uh, so we got a lot to get to on today's show, please. Oh, and we're going to do our top three college football players of all time. So, um, you know, buckle up, boys. Uh, first yeah. off, how was waste management, dude? Dude, was waste proud, management was... proud of was, y'all getting it shut down even though I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely want to shut it down a little bit earlier in the week if you were there. It was wild because it was actually colder in Phoenix than it was in Atlanta, Georgia when I was there on Thursday. It was 35 degrees, raining and windy. So we were freezing our asses off. But luckily, you go to Phoenix for a golf tournament and you end up in 30 degree rains? Mm -hmm. That's fucking awful. Wild. Like the coldest it's ever been. I'm, I'm looking at the temperature in Atlanta. It's it's mid 50s and sunny. And I'm looking at us and it's like 38 windy and rainy in phoenix arizona so we made the most of it we had a great time luckily we were in a box on the 16th so we just drank and ate for eight hours on a thursday and had a great time so hell yeah we were there before they shut the whole place down because it was a little bit too rowdy but they get rowdy as hell so i do highly recommend it um and i doubt it would ever be that cold and wet ever again did somebody did i see something say that at some aren't they used to having like two hundred thousand people there or something crazy and then I think somebody- there are some players that just got really pissed off. Like I was hearing some stories from some people that run the tournament that their players, and they weren't even there. Like some of the players that they're like, we're not going to play in this tournament ever again because some well, of the also, fans obviously have taken a little bit too far. Well, also I, I, I want to say that uh, at a certain point too, there were so many people coming in that apparently security just said, fuck it. And just like, stopped looking at tickets and got overwhelmed essentially. And so there were way too many people there. Like I, I feel like somebody said like two or 300,000 people, which seems insane, but um, whatever. Shout out to the waste manager. Okay. So you had a good time. I had a great time. Great Did your brother time. find any cool. Easter eggs? No, because they were all hiding in the bushes because it was so damn cold. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah the yeah. problem. 
Uh, wait, how about your Chiefs then, Aaron? So not only does Aaron leave me to go get to do the Waste Management Open, but then his Chiefs, Andy Reid, mm-hmm. winning yet another Super Bowl, bro. Mm-hmm. How about it? Mm-mm-mm. I'll ask you this because I've been asked a million times this, this morning of now the debate is going to continue of Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be the greatest of all time, where's Patrick Adnick, both in their primes, T. Both Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes in their prime. So probably Patrick now. So that's an interesting question, though. What do you consider Brady's prime? Because his best numbers were actually his best numbers were actually like 40s. Like it was actually like when he was forty. Was it? I mean, I would say actually when when the dynasty of the Patriots were going, was he mid thirties? No, I'm saying his numbers were better in his forties than they were in his early twenties. But yeah, probably his mid whatever 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 you say, Pat or Tom's. I would actually say Tom's prime. Would you is the eighteen and zero year when they lost, or the year which they almost went undefeated but lost in the Super Bowl because him and Randy Moss were fucking insane Mm -hmm. that year. Um, So you're asking who to take prime versus prime? Yep, prime versus prime. Uh, I'm taking Pat Mahomes, and that is uh, simply because I think they're both insane next level intangible guys like mm-hmm. like in terms of leading men and everything else um but patrick mahomes is physically superior to yep. that of tom brady mm-hmm. uh and and so yeah I, I would take mahomes yeah i agree i think like neck up that's where tom was always so much better than everyone else like when, when it came to the mental preparation to the leadership no one could match tom brady when it came to winning big time games no one could match tom brady now all of a sudden you have Patrick Mahomes that has demonstrated that he could win from the neck up. He could be that ultimate leader. Yeah. He can win in crunch time. He can have the two-minute drive. And then, like you alluded to, he's significantly more te- – I would say significantly. He's a better athlete. Tom is uh, way, way underrated when it comes to arm strength. Like, no, Tom can Tom's throw that got pill. a cannon, but I'm saying – But he still does but, – but I didn't say it has significantly better arm. No, overall, but he is. But overall, he is a significantly better athlete, and yeah. he still has a better arm than Tom. Like maybe it's not by a wide margin, not but wide. he has a better arm, and he can run significantly better, make plays with his legs. I mean, that's what ended up being the difference of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid, for the first time in like two years, is like, "Fuck it, dude, we got to do quarterback design runs again." And they're out here running the fucking triple option on fourth and one yeah. in OT to win the game. Tony Romo had no idea what was going on when they kept running the RPOs. Had no idea. He seems it was- like I'm not someone who cares too much about like announcement coverage, but like seems like people were not too pleased with Romo last night. Mm-hmm. Well, the end. I was confused by the ending because like they just won the Super Bowl, and Tony was like describing something. He's like, like break. They- I know. I'm, I'm like, like, bro, you wait, gotta like, let that. I, got, I looked at my wife. I was like, wait, wait. I was so confused because there was no energy or anything. Like they just won. Nance Nance did a pretty you good job, the but then but then Romo, no, Nance did a pretty good call. I actually randomly yeah. read something written about this, but like and listen back to it. But Nance did a pretty good call, but yeah, Romo kind of talked over it and then we immediately started over. talking after it. Yeah. Just a bit surprised. And obviously, this is all kind of Aaron can speak on this stuff because Aaron also does this professionally. Like, so he actually yeah. knows what so well, is that's, the, is that's the, always been my issue with Tony, and I like Tony, but like Tony from the very beginning. 
has and it's he's gotten a little bit better at it, but he doesn't understand the timing in the booth. Like there is a rhythm and and a cadence and a you talk, I talk. This is when you're supposed to talk. This is when you're your play by play guy is supposed to talk. And Tony kind of dominates the entire thing. And then you know I, I don't know if Nance cares or doesn't care because there's certain points of a game where Nance needs to be the only voice that is that is speaking that is being heard. And he needs to dictate. And it seems like Romo likes to jump in. Gets he, He's very passionate. I give him that. And I do like listening to him at times. But sometimes that passion goes a little bit too overboard. Yeah. You got I mean, do you have a director in your ear at that point being well, like, let the moment, like, shut up? Yes. Like, let the yeah. moment breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. You just hear, let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. Let, let the fans enjoy the fact that they just want a Super Bowl. Like, I was like, I'm like, Trying in my, I'm literally doing mental gymnastics, figuring out was that truly the end of the game? Do I not understand the rules? Is there going to be a second quarter put on this? Mean, like it was really weird atmosphere because he was talking through it. Um, like has there's a generation? Uh, I blame the chemistry's off. I blame the generation gap. I mean that is kind of the weird to think about working with someone that you're that different in age with. Uh, Greg Lamont Brady's top five season for touchdowns and ages for those seasons. Uh, so these are his top five touchdowns season. He was 30, 44, 43, Ooh. 34, and 38. So Tom Brady is a fine wine. Mm. He just got better and better the older he got, uh, which is kind of scary to think, like, what if Patrick Mahomes does the same thing? Like, what the fuck, dude? I can't imagine that it's possible to have the longevity of a Brady, Brady but it's it's actually – it's crazy to me in that today's we were, game, But you have to say in today's game, he can't because there's so yeah. many rules protecting the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he took a couple of big hits last night, but like this game is meant for quarterbacks to 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 have longer careers. And I think the, the bigger question would be, obviously, Brady and Belichick were the tandem, and then Brady went on and still won even without Belichick down in Tampa. But Andy Reid is one of the greatest offensive minds. And I mean, I was lucky enough to be yeah. around him for two years. Like, what he can do schematically in, in the pairing of him and Patrick Mahomes has been – as we've seen, one of the greatest duos in, in, in coach, head coach, OC mind, and quarterback that we've ever seen. What happens when Andy Reid leaves? Do we see, I wouldn't say like a massive decline, but like, do we see a, a massive, not some well, sort of difference in the performance no, of Patrick sure. without the, the mind of, of Andy Reid there? Uh, for sure. We're like, if you want to achieve dynastic greatness, you have to have the quarterback and coach combination. Yep. Uh, but I do feel like we're getting more and more evidence, probably the main one, obviously, Brady Belichick, uh, that the quarterback probably means more to that equation. Oh, yeah. That said, um, Andy Reid ain't going anywhere, bro. Like, Andy Reid, all he cares about is football. Like, he just loves it. He enjoys it. Yeah, look, I mean, look at him and look at Travis Kelsey pumping Andy up. Uh, and he would start quarterback meetings. And Coach Reed would show up into the quarterback meeting room like 7 a.m. with napkins of plays that he no. would just wake up in the middle of the night and start drawing on on like his bed that he slept for three hours. We well, had the great he, quote coming out of media day where he's like, you know, some people go to the beach and they like to read books. I just like to draw plays. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the man. And he's Mormon, so he doesn't really have a lot of vices, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. he just wants cheeseburgers and ball, bro. It's it's a simple life. It's a good life, an honest mm -hmm. life. Um. How about though? Okay, hold on. I want to get hold on. Here we go. I want to get to this PG. I want to get to our. I, I want to get to the Michigan uh, message board post. Uh, I, I love PG get, just now saying, "All right, boys, we're moving on." I'm going to put a crap. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But what did you think about the other picture he just showed, dude? 
Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid. Look, you can yell at your head coach. You give us like none of that matters, bro. Andy Reid's kind of old. Like, can you fathom? Can you imagine? So I'm saying, can you imagine bumping a 65 year old man that hard? He's like, a big guy, though. He's a no, big. He boy. is a big man. Yeah, he's, he's a, a big, big boy. motherfucker for sure. Yes. And you could tell he was like unperturbed by it. He was just like, it just looked like it like ruffled his whiskers a little bit. Like, chill out, Travis. But um. Hey, he's got a little bark to him too. So like I, that, that relationship's a little bit different. I mean, how he's treated Kelsey since the very beginning and to what the relationship has grown into. I think Wait, what do you mean? Did he used to fuck with Kelsey all the time when he was younger or something? No, I mean, Kelsey was a little wild back in the day, you know, yeah, he was. So yeah. I'm saying, what do you do? Give us a little juice. Oh, he always, I mean, for those who don't know, and like, I was shocked too, because I, I was a big Eagles fan growing up because um, Donovan Nab went to Syracuse. My family's from Syracuse, so obviously I followed Donovan to Philly. So he's not like Andy Reid, like this big, mean, tough guy because he always had that like stern face on the sideline. Yeah, and then you get drafted, and all he does is just crack jokes on dudes all day in me. <laughs> like that's all. You know, like, he is one of the funniest coaches I've ever been he's around. He's out here and ripping people twenty four seven, ripping people all the time, and he would love to just jab Kelsey. And uh, Kelsey would give it back to him a little bit, but I'm sure that's even grown since then. But uh, there's no, nothing wrong. Times, like where someone's like kind of pushed it a little bit, and he went off on him, and I just kind of said like, "Damn!" Like he got he does got a bark to him though. Like he may be uh-huh. gentle, Andy Reid, but don't push him too far. So I was waiting for that a little bit, but they've been together so damn long that I I don't think that there was anything to it once he kind of got a little bit of emotional in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody. I I don't think anybody's. I don't think he's like in the wrong or anything. No. I just think I've that that is how I feel about the Last Jedi. Like when people try to tell me the Last Jedi shitty, that 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 right there is the, that's like when I freaked out a few weeks ago here on the show talking about it. That is the emotion that is always simmering under the surface for me. Um, yeah. So this is an oh by the way, Mahomes three Super Bowl wins, all ten point comebacks. Had mm-hmm. 10 point deficits in everyone, kind of insane. Anyway, um, so this comes from messageboardgeniuses.com uh, or message board. They're a great follow on Twitter at Board Geniuses. Um, go Blue, go Maze 25. Does team 144 beat the Niners slash Chiefs? I could see it. Not impressed with either of these teams. Give me Michigan winning by seven. Both these teams O line to its struggle against Michigan's interior pass rush. Mm hmm. Uh, this is the, uh, fuck you, Daniel Basham. Don't even go there right now. Um, he said last shit. I shit. Uh, this is the yearly reminder that I don't even know who needs this anymore. Um, the best college football team ever will not beat the worst. The best college football team will never beat the worst professional team. It's just, it's just not even close y'all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just absurd. Never, ever, ever give him to the temptation of thinking so. Mm-hmm. And like, look at any great college team that you used to be obsessed with and look at all the guys who went to league and then look how many didn't work out in the league, right? Yeah. And then understand everybody that's on a team is working out in the league. So literally, even on the worst team, like your best player is just another player mm-hmm. to that professional. So no, of course not. This is fucking absurd. It's, it's just the height of absurdity to say about teams in the could, Super could Bowl. LSU's, could LSU's offense with Joe Burrow score on no. one of these defenses? Score, could they score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a fourth yeah, yeah. quarter game, could they score? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think, right? I mean, that's not crazy, huh? I don't think it's crazy. I mean, those two defenses were nasty last night. I mean, those DBs were running routes at times. The def- I mean, 
San no, Francisco. I, I, I don't, don't even know the final stats. Like they didn't even blitz like the, the whole game. Defense. I'm talking about like the worst defense in the NFL. Those defenses last night, you might actually not be able to score potentially. Not yeah. even maybe the the college versions of Burrow. Those Chase receivers Marshall and Burrow. And maybe that. I don't know. Wee. But uh, but no. But the, the point is like nobody's ever going to. Nobody's ever going to. Um, no, just ne- never never fall into this trap. Um, somebody said, I love, uh, oh, Marine 76, I love defensive football. Well, the NFL was for you this year because you had the least amount of touchdowns scored. I want to say since like 2010, you had the largest margin of victory since like 04. It was kind of a weird year. G- give me a quick before we move. I don't know if move on. Yeah. Get or not move on. Give me, give me your grade on the, uh, the halftime performance. Oh, um, meh. Couple high moments, but but I want to be fair. I didn't see in the best setting. I was at the bar, but the audio yeah. was like, you know, you, it's the worst place for audio to be, where you can hear like eighty five percent of it, but there's just like you know, every now and they're like, oh shit, what they say? Like, oh fuck, what happened? Mm-hmm. And so that maybe affected it. But look, I thought it was a big balls move getting on roller skates, yeah, and doing that in front of two hundred million people for sure. Um. Lil John in the crowd was exactly where he needed to be. That was great. Uh, Luda in the fro was awesome. Um, her ripping the I guitar thought, solo was actually sick. I thought Alicia Keys was pretty awesome. I was about to say, but oh there, my God. there we arrive Woo. at the MVP. Alicia mm-hmm. motherfucking Keys. My mm. God, man. Mm. I went to bed thinking about Alicia last night. <laughs> um, just. That piano, was, that piano was sick. Stunning. The red piano the giant was giant red train, the red mm. piano, the red dress. And I mean, mm. I, I don't know, man. Play my keys, Jor. Yeah, I think a lot of us feel. Willie Matthews and Alicia Keys, that goddess. I mean, goddess, absolutely. Mm. Um, I liked it. It brought a lot of good memories from like middle school, you know? Yeah, no, for school. sure. Like that is, look, that is my, that is my, um, time period as well yeah like you know big time but uh i don't I know to be i give it a b yeah 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 b minus maybe okay. b minus yeah, yeah. B-. somewhere on there uh, um god shout out alicia keys so oof, i'm just thinking mm-hmm. about it again bro and then <laughs> would you would you let usher would you let usher grind on your wife like that aaron no god no oh you would it? God. i know why not? Why not though? Because it's Usher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, John he, knows Usher was still your girl. Amen. No, he's not going to fuck her on stage or anything. They're just grinding. Just let you know. He's yeah, just. I'm worried about like afterwards. He's warming her up. Yeah. If Usher wanted to fuck my wife, I just asked to watch. Just put me in a corner and let me let me see how what what how that's going down. What, what you can learn. Um, well, no, I mean, I just would want to see Usher fuck, I think, probably like if you've given the opportunity. Um, D-Bob in the cut chair, yes, at the hotel room, as we established the cut chair. I can't remember who said that, but it's a funny, it's it's the yes, perfect. Um, uh, and guys, no, Usher did not get too handsy, okay? That is just that that's actors, those are art, you know, you you gotta do your thing. It's like Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga when everybody thought they were in love, or What's her name? The the blonde in the movie that just came out with the guy from uh 
You could not have been more vague. You, okay, let's just please clip that. Sydney Sweeney. What's her name? Sydney Sweeney. Blonde. Sweeney. Okay, there I was we go. Say the blonde with the big tits, but I want my wife to like watch this. She'd be like, oh, so you're staring at her tits uh, sometimes. Well, I just learned not to. What's her name in the movie? The blonde and the Without guy who, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I'm just saying, like, I was hoping you know, because like, they did a good did. job. They did a good job during the whole lead up to the movie release of looking like they were in love while she's still the fiance, but they were. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Uh, those are two good looking people though. She, it may. Uh, all right. Chip Kelly back to college football. Super Bowl is great though. Classic Super Bowl, kind of a plotting yeah. beginning fireworks ending. Um, you, God I feel awful for Kyle Shannon. Fuck dude. I mean, how much hard for Brock Purdy on that stage? Golly, Purdy just getting crushed like it's his damn fault. Uh, is he really getting crushed? I, I feel like I, I just have to keep seeing it left and right. People like, you know, this is what happens when you have Patrick Mahomes versus, you know, Brock, Brock Purdy. He's like, no shit. It's the greatest quarterback, in, you know, maybe of all time. Yeah, exactly. You expect. Um, all right. Chip Kelly. So, okay. So here's how we did. Remember last week you said Ryan Day wants to give a play calling duties, but. It might not be Bill O'Brien calling the plays as he had uh, become a candidate for the Boston College job after Halfley left. Well, Bill O'Brien gets the Boston College job, so he now he's now the head coach of BC, no longer the OC of Ohio State. Ohio State goes out, and they hire Chip Kelly. You're saying, wait, I thought Chip Kelly was the head coach of UCLA. He was. I don't think we've ever quite seen a move like this. As Chip mm. Kelly willingly steps down from being the head coach of a now a Big Ten school, UCLA, to be a coordinator and subservient to an offensive head coach, right? It's not even like he's stepping, he's, he's going to become the, you know, the head coach of the O, like Ryan Day cut his teeth on the offensive side of the ball and he'll be operating mm -hmm. under Day. So it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a question that's fascinating to look at. If you just talk about the the schools and the uh, coaches themselves, but maybe mm -hmm. even more fascinating when you look at kind of the trend that it potentially represents for college football. What do you think? Is a guy leaving a head coaching job for an OC job is that bad for college football? No, I think it's bad for UCLA football. I, I don't think this is a. I think I think coaches leaving to go to the NFL is bad for college football. I don't think a coach leaving a head coaching position to go to another spot to be an OC or DC is bad. If you look at where he's coming from UCLA from everything that we've been hearing is I wouldn't go as far as to say like a dumpster fire, but they're not giving all the resources that a coach needs in order to win. They're, they're lacking with certain NIL. They're lacking with facilities. It just, you know, their, yeah. their stadium is, is people off don't campus. People don't go to the games. Like, it's just not a very football-friendly atmosphere where I feel like as a coach, I can go in there and win. And these guys are putting in a lot of hours that we've described before. Like these coaches are putting in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and they want to win championships. I'm not in here just to clock in and clock out. If I'm going to do this at a high level, I want the resources to go win championships. And UCLA was not going to give Chip Kelly the resources he needs to win championships. So... He moves on, goes to Ohio State, and it kind of yeah. looks like Ohio State, based on what we've seen for the past two months, is putting all their chips in the middle of the table and saying, we're winning a championship in 2024. So you I don't blame them one bit. What? What are they putting in the middle of the table? All their chips. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> no, you didn't even know. I like that. 
Um, I, so here's you're right on the UCLA stuff, right? If it was a easier place to win, you probably don't see this. Uh, it's probably not enticing enough for Kelly to make this move. However, I think the main thing that this highlights is that when it comes to being a major college football head coach right now, today, um, the football part of being the head coach is minimized in a way mm -hmm. that it has never been before. Mm -hmm. And I actually go back to that same Ryan Day interview in which he was initially asked about maybe Bill O'Brien leaving and how he's talking about, like, you know, even if O'Brien does leave, like, I'm giving up play calling duties. And in that, in that interview, he's kind of lamenting not being able to be involved like in the actual football side of the equation. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fucking wild to think about that. Like we're entering an era of college football where like, does it actually behoove you to just hire someone who you truly like, like, could you go hire like a fortune 500 CEO and then put coaches underneath him? Would that person actually be better suited to being a head coach. Like, I know that's extreme. Well, do you just need a GM? Do you no. need a GM? Do we need well, a GM? Does he see me a GM? Yes. Yes. That's yes. another takeaway we talked about this morning yeah. is you, you got to have like a true front office and teams yes. have kind of been slowly, but surely evolving that, right? Like Brandon Harris is former LSU quarterback. on the GM at Texas. Uh, LSU's had a guy, Austin Thomas for years that's gone back and forth, but like, but, but I think you need to codify even more of that and spin even more of that out. But but yeah, I mean, it is it, it like you. It, it's it's so ironic that you spend your whole life being a football coach. You finally reach the pinnacle of your position, and you actually need to be more of a CEO yeah. than a football uh, schemer. You can't anymore. coach. You can't coach. You yeah. can't if you truly just want. And, that, and that's been chipped all the time. And, and and once again, like this isn't. It's not like Chip can't. It is not going to be responsible for certain duties. Like Chip is still going to have to recruit. He's still going to have to go on the road. He's still going to have to, you know, kiss ass to, you know, 16 to kids in the transfer. Like he's going to have to do all that, but he doesn't have to do all the other stuff that it goes on with being a head coach. He can actually just do what every coach wants to do. Watch film, coach yep. football, watch yeah. film, coach football, a little bit of recruiting on the side. And, yeah. And he does. And, and that's another thing about the attractiveness of Ohio state is, uh, somebody pointed this out in chat at the beginning of the show, but he doesn't have to, he doesn't really have to recruit that much at, at Ohio state. No. Right. Like, like sure. He, he meets with kids and explains their vision for him, but he doesn't have to be doing the heavy lifting. They have plenty of staff and other people mm -hmm. and other coaches on the staff who really made their name in recruiting. Like, yeah, you're right. He's, he's like as close to maybe you can get to being an NFL coach in college with this. Uh, yeah, let me, let me ask you this. Ryan Day has been not I don't want to say linked, but has the discussions have been when will Ryan Day move to the NFL? And that's mostly because fans are crazy and they want him gone because he was hasn't won a championship and they wanted someone else, whatever. But if Ryan Day does win and gets an opportunity to go to the NFL, is Chip Kelly playing the long game of I see Ohio State's gonna have success? I go BOC. Ryan Day moves to the NFL. I'm next guy up, and I went from UCLA to not being the head coach of Ohio State. Like, do you see that long game being played out at some point? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, you'd probably be crazy not to think about it. I don't think that's what he, I, I think the stuff he's basing his decision on is likely more of what we already discussed um, a shifting of responsibilities, yeah. chance to win a championship. But like, 
you know, m- yeah, maybe when he lays his head down at night, he's like, oh, that'd be pretty cool if like maybe that happened one day. But I don't think, I don't think that like that, that's so far off, and there's so many ifs and buts. Like, I would be do shocked. You, do you, I don't do you think Ryan Day is a, as an NFL coach. Like, is um, Ryan Day a guy that wins? Like, go goes the hardball route. Got has got. He, has he worked with Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> then he's not an NFL head coach. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, dude. These are the rules. He's if you rules. want, if you want He's to, be this is the way. Nowadays, this is the way. You have to have some time. You have to have either gotten touched by Shanahan and McVeigh, or otherwise, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Have fun in college, nerd. Um, no, I don't know if Ryan Day's an NFL coach. I honestly don't. I, I, I don't have a take. Awful on my part. I should, but I don't. No, um, I, 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 think, I think I think if given the opportunity in today's world, you take it. I agree with news news. Ryan Day feels like an Android. Like he says, kind of Ryan Day kind of look feels like an Android to me. I can't read him. I agree with that, dude. Um, is this championship or bust? For us, hundred percent championship or bust. It already was though, right? Like this didn't necessarily add to that. I don't think it added to it. I think it added to the excitement for the possibility of winning a championship. I mean, you you bring in, you know, one of the best offensive minds in college football. Wait, explore that though. Explore that. How because you know this better than I do. How relevant is Chip Kelly in in terms of where he's at nowadays? Not his success in the past. No, I know. How relevant is he now? And I still think he is. Like what he created back in was like oh nine ten in Oregon. Like that changed. I think all levels of football. We saw it. We talked about the beginning of the show. Like we saw Chip Kelly's fingerprints on the game last night with Patrick Mahomes running an RPO where he Mm -hmm. pulled it, had opportunity to hand the ball off, run it. Or throw it in the flat. Like that all stems from Kelly back in, you know, 09, 10, 11 there at Oregon. So, like, he has changed the game significantly. And people have obviously, it's a copycat league. College football is, NFL is, high school is, everyone copycats what works. Like, everyone's running that stuff now. It's like, has he innovated anything else since? I wouldn't say, like, yes, he has, but like, he's also been very successful. When you look at their offenses, you look at their run scheme, you've looked at, the success when they have a healthy quarterback. I think he's a really good offensive mind. I really do. You know, does it, it mean is, that he has is. to be completely different from what he was 10 years ago? I think what he does in the run game, whether you look at the running backs that Ohio State has this year, has to get you pretty giddy about what they can do on that side of the football. Okay. And I I mean, I know their offense kind of struggled this year, but last year, 2022, so two years but ago. But they had a oh. shit of storm no, no, quarterback no, no, issues no, this no, past that's, year. No, that's what I'm saying. And so I'm just going through the last few years. I mean, they were third in the Pac-12 and 22, scoring 39 points a game. They were first in 21. Okay, so second in 20. Okay, so Chip still got it. Chip still got it. Chip still got it. It is interesting to go into a place at Ohio State where they like expect the quarterback but, to throw 50 yeah. touchdowns a year. Let me add this, and I think I've told you this on the show before. I sat down with Coach Rick and David Green separate times, and somehow this got brought up. But I, I asked, because I always thought Rick was the play caller for, for or actually, Greeny was, uh, Bobo was the play caller for Greeny. Mike Bobo, I thought was, but he wasn't. He was just the, the, the quarterback coach, OC. Rick was calling the plays. It wasn't until DJ took over in 05 that Rick gave up the play calling duties to Bobo. Oh, really? The reason why is because Rick felt like he was losing the momentum that he created as a play caller when it comes to the evolution of offenses. Yeah. Because your offseason was spent 
recruiting. Your offseason was spent going to booster meetings and this meeting and high and yeah. academic meeting. Like you didn't have time to go there and go study fall. You couldn't watch NFL tape. You couldn't watch college football tape. Like you couldn't uh, evolve your offense at all. And so for Chip, this is the first time where he doesn't have those responsibilities, where he can truly look himself in the mirror and say, okay, where is my offense? I now have more time to maybe take it to another level. So I, I look at it as a positive for him to see if he can make the offense even better heading to the next season. Okay, that's actually pretty – It's I hadn't really considered that. Chip, Chip, Chip now is time to get back in the lab and try to mm-hmm. re-innovate and, and – and, recreate something maybe new and i mean it's rare to think about a guy finding like revolutionary stuff twice but maybe so um somebody's got to figure it out because uh well actually i guess not having as much on the college level but in the nfl defense again like i said won this year j lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are perfect for calls listening to podcasts and working out they are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. UCLA names Deshaun Foster head coach. I don't have much to say here. Former running back in the UCLA Hall of Fame. Um, was at UCLA since 17, but had left to take a job with the Raiders. However, when Kelly left, all the players reportedly immediately started uh, kind of campaigning for um, Deshaun Foster. So, you know, some people like, again, this is a hire where UCLA has trouble with NIL. They have trouble with recruiting. It may not be the most attractive landing spot for a candidate at large. So going and getting a UCLA guy who already has ties and his players are stumped before, I don't hate it. Like I, I absolutely see why you named Deshaun Foster head coach here. Yeah, if you can keep the roster together, that's that's the first thing that needs to be done. So if you do have someone that the kids believe in, I think that helps. But like this wasn't a oh the kids want him, let's go hire him. Like there was a lot more that that went into the hire of your next head coach, especially when you're about to go in the Big Ten. I mean, this isn't like they're staying in the Pac-12 and it's just, oh, oh, hum, this is just another football season. Like you're going into one of the premier conferences, one of the two premier conferences in college football, and you're going to get paid a ton of money to do so. You're not just going to hire someone because a bunch of 18 to 20-year-old kids went to the office and said, hey, this is our guy. So no, that, there's a lot more that like, he knows the landscape, probably knows the power. They hired him. No, no, yeah, but, but 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 it's just it's just a way of, of pointing out that yes, he has a locker room behind him. He's a UCLA guy through and through, and I'm sure. Look, I'm sure he blew them away, or I'm sure he killed the interviews, right? Yeah. Like when he sat down with them. And again, he's young. He brings the energy to recruiting in a way that um, Chip does not necessarily. Chip wants to. Yeah, exactly. And um. Like I, I, who would you like? Who wants to go to UCLA? Somebody said, not even really a coach. Yikes! And it's like, okay, well, that's just what we talked about, though. You don't really have to be a coordinator nowadays mm. to be a head coach. Like that's not the worst thing if he can get his kind of organizational structure correct and whatnot. All right, um, Alabama in the news once again as Ryan Grubb, the OC. For Washington with Kalen DeBoer last year, and the OC at Bama for the last few weeks has left Alabama to come to the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. Uh, however, it's not just Grubb. Scott Huff, the O-line coach who was at Washington with DeBoer and then in Alabama for a couple of weeks, has also packed back up and moved back to the state of Washington to go coach the Seahawks. Um, how bad is this for Alabama? I mean... Kalen's going to have to take over play calling duties, right? Like, like it's going to have to be his job. Like you may hire a, ho- an OC to, to be that spot, but like, I think he's got to be the guy next year because it, it, it has to go well. But, 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 but look ha- at the, what we just talked about for 20 I minutes. Know, I get it. I you get it. To be like, that next year has to be, be calling play. Who are you going to get at this point? Who are you going to get at this point? Maybe a head coach. <laughs> find, find an unhappy uh, head coach. who's an offensive mind. I mean, they, bring him in. they grabbed Kane Womack, who's a head coach. They grabbed Lang, uh, uh-huh. Lang, Langford. Yeah, Brian Ferentz. Patrick yeah. Gunther's right. Brian Ferentz. Yeah, Brian Ferentz. I'm just saying, like, there is a sense of, of 
keeping the momentum that Saban created for two decades and not completely going off the rails in year one. Like if I'm a coach and there's a a a, a need to keep the, the the train moving, that you just have to debate. You know what, boys? You know what, wife and kids? I ain't gonna see you for the next twelve months, but I gotta win. And I got to put the team on my back and I got to call plays and I got to be head coach. I got to do everything. I don't know, man. I think he's got to put the whole team on his back and do it all. Kalen DeBoer putting the team on his back. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. It's Darren Sharper, one of the hardest hitting safeties in the league. Have you ever seen that video? No. Greg Jennings. Still a Madden video. You should look it up. Um, Tommy Reese coming back. But, but okay, yeah. So what you're saying Makes sense, but is there physically enough time in the day? You have to make it happen. Or to make it happen, call plays and run the empire that is Tuscaloosa. Like I don't fucking see it, dude. Mm. Uh, I'm you, you got to tell the wife and kids. I'll see you next. I'll see you next February. And let's be clear about this: Saban lost coordinators every single year. Right? Sign that you're doing things the right way, but. It was his system, though. It was still his system. Oh, no, no. Implement your new system. So, but, but I'm saying, but here's what I'm getting at is that this is, this coordinator change is more impactful because this is the band breaking up. Um, Grubb and DeBoer have been together everywhere. They were together at Sioux Falls. They were together at Eastern Michigan. They were together at Fresno State and they were together at Washington. Uh, DeBoer famously took like way less money to get Grubb over $2 million. Like these guys are partners, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's more than just like Tommy Reese coming in and out or something along those lines, right? And like in, in a saving era. No, this is DeBoer losing like a, the, his hand to the king, mm-hmm. essentially getting called up. And and so I think that that that's where I would be a bit concerned. And replacing OC and our line coach this late in the game is always sketchy. Yeah. But I would be a bit concerned if I was a Bama fan because these two were not your normal head coach coordinator transient relationship. They've been working hand in hand for years. Mm-hmm. And now DeBoer's already thrust into this culture shot, this crazy new situation. And he's without his bro, his main bro. And that can be a little scary. I I, I think this is it was already trending in the wrong direction. And now this hit, it doesn't change my mind of what I think Alabama is going to be next year. I think they're going to be You're still saying nine and three. I think they're a nine and three football. After you said there, it said nine and three all this last off season. Yeah. You're the, you're, you're the, good I was, I was a season. Oh, I was a season. Gorf, I was a season oh, early. Again. <laughs> I was a season early team. I was a season early. Uh, Jay Jav, Jav solo. Will Saban have limited impact now that he's with ESPN? Are there any kind of regulations on that? I think it's a school by school thing. Like, I don't think, if if Nick Saban wants to be involved, I think Nick Saban could be involved as involved as he wants to be. I mean, I get. I think he's saying, are there any conflict of interest, like actually rules that would be breaking no. if he's like stumping for Bama and on ESPN? I don't think so. No, no I just think it's a, obviously there's going to be fans like bitching that he's a homer if he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, like that's about it. I actually think he's going to avoid going the full homer route pretty well. Maybe that's just me. I, I I don't know. I, I I see Saban is actually being able to keep it pretty objective. Oh, it's Hob like uh, Javier, like Javi, like uh, Javi Lopez, my favorite Braves catcher. Also, um, Hob Solo. Oh, it's like Hansel. I get it now. Jesus Christ, been saying jab for like three months. Sorry, bro. Um, 
So this is this. Oh, okay. Real quick uh, on, on this Bama topic. Do they, where do they go uh, for OC? The Kirby Moore from Mizzou. That's the name we keep hearing. I know that he's connected with Kirby. I mean, if, I would if you get a- so bad for Mizzou fans if they lost Kirby Moore. Oh. All those defensive coordinators to LSU or defensive coaches. You'd have to leave Missouri. I know you're high on, I know if you've listened to us in the past two weeks, T-Bob is very high on Missouri and Missouri's place in this new era of, of college football. But if you get a call to go be the next OC at Alabama, you see what you're, um, you're taking. You're taking the call. You're taking the trip. You see what you see what Aaron doing here, guys. Mm-hmm. Just because Drinkwitz and Mizzou nearly fucked up Georgia in back-to-back years, he's trying to purposely weaken them. Mm-mm. He's trying to purposely love, take out Mizzou Drinkwitz. is the biggest threat to UGA, and he's trying to take him down, boys. Uh, yes, and Chance Babbitt. I mean, yeah, that the Scott Huff is a Joe Moore Award-winning O-line yeah. coach. That's a, that's a big hit, dude. It's a big hit for sure. Um, I'm just sitting back like, hey, man, are there any interior defensive linemen on that UCLA team? What about Boston College? I need LSU to just go start stealing some guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you have an issue with the timing with the whole thing? I know that's been a big topic. Of like, I'm they probably- waited to 30 days. They waited to a month after so no more kids could transfer. The uh, Oh, did they really? I guess they did, didn't they? Yeah. I was going to say, look, the NFL schedule dictates what it is. But no, I mean, look, like when you're home again, so this goes back to them being homies, right? Like that's like, uh, look, man, I, I realize, you know, go to the NFL, go do your thing, but I got to have you to help keep this fucking class. Like we got to land Ryan Williams. If motherfucking Ryan Williams leaves and goes to Auburn in my first month on the job, I am fucked from, from day one. So no, that that's that's good on him. Good on the homies. Nah, fuck it, dude. Look, I you know me. I love the portal will be man. open in two months. The portal will be say, open in two months. I love open player again empowerment. Months. I love yep. this modern era, but like the players kind of get to do whatever the fuck they want now. Sorry if you yeah. got sucked into the 30-day window or whatever. Like, get over. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh we're gonna give you our top three college football players of all time right after our friends of DraftKings. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports rating partner of the NBA. Check this out, guys. If you're a new customer, use the promo code TBOB, TBOB. You deposit $5 or more, you get a no sweat bet up to $1,000, which, if you lose, you'll get that money back in bonus bets. Okay. So for me, South Louisiana, I'm a massive Pelicans fan. The birds are hot right now. I'm playing props, I'm betting lines. But the point is, I'm supporting the birds. Look, you bet. However you see fit, your favorite NBA team, your favorite trends, it's all there for you. The place to play is at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and new customers get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
All right. Top three college football players of all time. Um, I would say this. I got to say this off the bat. Of all time lists in college are especially weird mm-hmm. because, um, well, really, thanks to like segregation and everything, you really don't. I mean, when does the modern era start? Maybe like the 70s is like when you should start actually caring because it's it's just not a really fair look before that. But But beyond that, like, I'm not really a college football historian, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's tough for me to speak to old heads. So if my list seems like it's a little recent, understand that is just a product of my life and the football that I've watched. And so this is less like of all time and more like a my best players I've ever seen uh, Mm -hmm. sort of list. Yep. Yeah, like I agree with John. You have to divide into eras. I'm a pretty big believer in that kind of stuff. All right, you get first pick. All right, my first pick is the best football player I've ever seen live in my entire life, and that is uh, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, he is final form Frieza. I remember we were watching it. We were doing Dragon Ball Z Kai uh, rewatch at, at the time, all the, all the football players were, and I mean, this man really was final form Frieza. Like, it, it just, mm-hmm. to be that big, that strong, that fluid... Yeah. Just moving like water, just smooth with it. The way that he stiff-armed Patrick Peterson on the way to the end zone and the Heisman. Um, yeah, I've never felt so overwhelmed by a football player, by a single guy mm-hmm. than I did Cam Newton. So Cam Newton, absolutely on my squad. All right, we're doing snake drafts. I get the next two. All right, my number one is Timmy Tebow because he is, to me, Everything about football, the mental side, the physical side, the winning, the individual awards. Like there's nothing that he has not checked off the box when I come to to watching Tim Tebow. Just a big fan of him, big fan of who he is, what he represents, how he puts the team first. Uh, just a hell of a player back in the day for for the Florida Gators. So Tim is my number one pick, and then my number two pick is Reggie Bush. Have like, you ever, I think, and I know this isn't fair, but have you? Yeah ever gone and looked at like Tim Tebow highlights recently? Oh, it looks so slow. It looks so slow, dude. It so is. Slow. It looks like a fucking fullback that can kind of throw. Uh-huh. Like it is wild how much the game's evolved even in like mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still anyways. think you'd have success in today's era, but yes, fuck yes, he would. Yeah. I'm just, you know, yeah, you watch Jaden Daniels for a full year and then you go watch Tebow and it looks like it's like he's got like concrete boots on. Mm-hmm. But he's strong as fuck still. Anyway. Oh, he's strong. Uh, I'm gonna go with Reggie, Reggie Bush. I think one one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic player in college football history. Like what he could do, special teams, running the football, catching out of the backfield. Uh, it's just woo woo. So uh, those are my first two. Uh, okay, I'll go. Uh, I mean, look, I, this is gonna be Homer, bro. But and by the way, you keep taking my third fucking player. Um, because I, after you took my other one that you're going to get to in a second, I was like, okay, then what's whatever. the snake draft? So you get the next two. So you, you take what you want. I'll have to figure it out. Um, okay. I'm going to go full Homer here. Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, now granted he, maybe he would be better placed on a best single season list because maybe his career as a whole with the junior okay, year Cam though drags it down. Yeah, but but Cam also though, but I don't think Cam never had like a subpar year of starting or an average year of starting. I mean, like when he was starting. Well, no, but when he was at Blaine Community College, they won the Natty, and he dominated everyone. Then he goes to NASCAR. They would like 
like Joe Burrow was good in 18, but nothing special, right? So maybe that takes whatever though. The 19 season was just unlike anything I've ever seen. His it felt this is this what I kept going back to. You know how you go and you sit down at a Marvel movie mm-hmm. and you know the good guys are gonna win no matter what? That's how it felt watching Joe Burrow. It felt like watching Captain America. No, no, no matter what the script writers are going to try to say about how tough it was going to be, or you know, try to make you think, oh my God, is he actually going to die? No, it's fucking Captain America. Of course he wins. Like that, that was how Joe Burrow felt. And then you get into the numbers, 60 touchdowns, mm. just the big dick energy just radiating off of him. Um, give me Joe. So I got Cam, I got Joe. Hmm. My first instinct was to go air crouch. Then oh. I said no to that. I said no to that just because I was going to say like, here, who, who I kind of like. Um, then I started looking some up to be like, should I like research and kind of come up with that? And and somebody mentioned in chat, did you realize that Steve McNair out of Alcorn finished third in the Heisman voting? Damn, did not. Just blowing people's minds back in the day. Uh, but again, I, I, I didn't have eyes on him. So I'm like, oh, I should go Herschel Walker because like, I know about the legend of Herschel, but I didn't really get to see Herschel that much. Um, I mean, I've seen highlights. Ah. Actually, no. No, no, no. I'll let you go, Herschel, because you can speak on him better. Should I go Bo Jackson? Uh, Bo would be my, my If you took Herschel, I was going to take Bo. I'll go Bo Jackson. This kind of breaks my rule about not necessarily because I didn't watch a ton of Bo Jackson. I more have read the legends and know the numbers, but I'll go. um, I'll go Bo Jackson. Andrew Cooper McNair was better than Cam in the NFL too. Uh, Was McNair better in the NFL than Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton won an NFL MVP when 15 and one. Both went to a Super Bowl. Neither did McNair win a Super Bowl? He won no. a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. No. He made it. No, they, they lost, lost on the one yard line. I was at the Rams. Game. Yeah. Titans Rams. It was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Herschel, Herschel's my last one. No doubt about it. Maybe the best running back of all time. Power, speed. Uh, still looks like he could play to this day. Won the Heisman, won the Natty. Herschel. If, goat, I mean, the goat. Dominant as like a freshman. When yeah. in an era when nobody was, um, I would say Tyron Matthew almost got on my list, but there was the chance. Like if Dion, he had, had that if you had a defensive era, guy, who would the defensive guy be? I'd go Dion. I mean, somebody mentioned Charles Woodson. Yeah, uh, fucking be Peyton Manning for a Heisman. I know Tennessee fans will tell you it's wrong, but Charles Woodson did. I mean, somebody said in Dominican Sue for our era, and Dominican Sue was probably the most dominant defender that potentially I can think of. I mean, Glenn Dorsey was awesome. He won a national championship. Like that team, that team was a team built through the defensive line, but I don't want to just go all LSU here. Um, <clears throat> Barry Sanders had 2,700 yards rushing in one season. What the fuck, dude? Mm. Orlando Pay, shout out. Quinn and Williams, yeah. He's Champ, Champ Mealy. Champ was a dog. I mean, look, there's there's so many good players. Okay, so my final answer, I'm going to go Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, and Bo Jackson. All right, I'm going Tebow, Reggie, Herschel. All right. That'll do it. Hey, boys, 14.5K. We're looking for it. We need it. We love it. 
So uh, go ahead and hit the like button. Please subscribe if you're into it. Share with your friends if you enjoy it. Huge thank you to Pat Gunther, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, Adam Grassi, Christian Hunter, Ryan Brumley. Um, Thomas Davis' Tyron did some of the crazy shit I've ever seen on football field. Again, if Tyron had gotten to finish that last year at LSU, now granted, I don't know. I think he needed to go through everything he went through to arrive where he's at now. But like, Aaron, that man had like 18 forced turnovers. Like he averaged like over like one a a game. Uh, <laughs> he had that punt. He had those two punt returns against Yalba. Mm-hmm. That second punt return that didn't score was actually the craziest fucking return I've probably ever seen in my entire life. Oh, we hey. will we will be doing a draft episodes leading up to the draft. Lots of breakdowns, guests, all that good stuff. Ooh, we talking about the World War Three draft? I've got a medical exemption because surgeries. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Oh, all right, let's go. Love y'all. We'll see you tomorrow for brand new Snaps Live, which I'm just realizing I think I'm going to be out for because I'm at Mardi Gras. But uh, Aaron will see you tomorrow. Love y'all. Later. The Volume. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.